Good morning. I'd like to welcome you to Sunday service on this glorious day. It's nice to um, move past the, the summer heat and uh, have some of this weather. Uh, my name is uh, Nayaswami Bharat, and this is Nayaswami Anandi. And we'd especially like to, to greet our uh, participants in the Building with Spirit and the Restorative Yoga programs. And I'll be reading from Rays of One Light by Swami Kriyananda and its commentaries on the uh, Bhagavad Gita and the Bible by Swami Kriyananda. Many are the pathways to truth. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. On the dedication page of Swami Kriyananda's book, The Path, appears the following account. A group of Paramahansa Yogananda's disciples had gone with him to see a movie about the life of Gyandev, a great saint of medieval India. Afterwards, they had gathered and listened to the master explain certain subtler aspects of that inspiring story. A young man in the group mentioned another film he had seen several years earlier in India about the life of Mirabai, a famous woman saint. If you'd seen that movie, he exclaimed, you wouldn't even have liked this one. The guru rebuked him. Why make such comparisons? The lives of great saints manifest in various ways the same one God. The Bible contains a similar account in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 9. And John said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him because he followeth not with us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. The more central a truth, the greater the number of contexts in which it can be applied. Truth is like a pure white light containing within itself the full spectrum of the rainbow. Let no one tell you what your path to God ought to be. Many are the paths. Select your own according to the dictates of your own nature, no matter how out of step that puts you with other people. Sri Krishna in the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita states, trying even unsuccessfully to fulfill one's own spiritual duty, dharma, is better than pursuing successfully the duties of others. Better death itself in the pursuance of one's own duties. The pursuance of another's duties is fraught with spiritual danger. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here with you today, to have the opportunity to talk about these teachings. I'd like to begin with a reading from Whispers from Eternity, which is a book, a book of prayers by Paramahansa Yogananda. And um, no matter what you're dealing with at this point in your life, um, I think this prayer might speak to you. It's very beautiful. I vow never again to turn my gaze from thee. I take this sacred vow. Never will I lower my love's gaze below the eyebrow horizon of my constant thoughts of thee. Never will I turn my uplifted inner sight away from thee. 
Never will I let my mind dwell on anything that reminds me not of thee. I will disdain the nightmare of ignorant behavior. I will court all dreams of noble achievement, those of love, kindness, and understanding, for they are thy dreams. Thy grace has shown me that the dualities of health and sickness, life and death, joy and sorrow are but passing fantasies. I am finished with those eternally self-canceling delusions. I am persuaded at last that there is but one abiding reality, thy eternal, ever-conscious, ever-new, ever-thrilling, infinite bliss. So we started with that reading about I will keep my mind on thee. It was interesting when Bharat was reading the affirmation about being in the inner self, it was reminding me of a story that happened here at Ananda actually a long time ago, but it was so um, touching for me I wanted to share it. Uh, in the, sometime in the, around 1980, Ananda decided to start tithing. We had, uh, maybe it was in the 70s, we had at that point uh, people earned barely any income. And um, so we thought, well, we don't need to give money at, at Sunday service donation. We, we're just giving our lives, our energy, and so forth. And we didn't want to be related to money, but we got in the concept of tithing. And that was actually the turning point in Ananda's uh, financial success. And uh, so to help rouse everyone into this idea of tithing, we created an evening entertainment. And it began with a hilarious skit that was written by three members. And then at a certain point in the skit, I was supposed to get up and give a very serious talk on what we had learned from tithing. And um, I could tell, I was sort of dreading the moment, because this skit was so funny. The, the energy in the room was just like rolling and rolling, and people were, I mean, literally, you know, rolling on their sides and sitting on the floor and laughing and rolling on their sides, and everybody was just like loving it, loving the humor, and I could just feel exactly what was going to happen when I got up. <laughs> because I wasn't supposed, I was supposed to actually be a film clip, so I couldn't even do a transition because I was supposed to be, we're watching a historical film clip. So I get up to give my part, and I, I knew exactly what it was. I stood there, and all this energy was coming at me like, what are you going to do? That's really funny. <laughs> and, and it was nothing, of course. And it was very, actually, it was very inspiring things that had happened to us since we'd started tithing. And, and I could feel this wave come at me. And there was one person in the room who was not part of that wave, Swami Kriyananda was sitting right about back there, and he was just completely in himself, in my divine self. He was, he was totally with me on a soul level, and I just started talking right to him, and eventually everything started to calm down, and they started to get it. But just to be able to stay in that thought of thee, in the thought of the divine presence, wherever it is. And so what is this the? That's where we begin to tie into our talk today because there are many ways of looking at what that the is. Every religious path, every truth,
true path to God is is available to people because there are as many paths to God as there are people. I was thinking that even though most of us here are disciples of Yogananda, if you ask each person what that means to them, you would hear something entirely different. The vibration of what that feels like to them will be unique to them. There's an amazing story from the life of Joseph of Cupertino. Joseph of Cupertino was a Catholic saint who was known for levitating. He was so devotional that his, his energy would go up and his whole body would go up also. And he was living at the time um, in the Basilica of St. Francis in Assisi. And an um, ambassador from Sweden came to visit him. And this ambassador was, of course, presb- uh, uh, Protestant. Protestant, Protestant, because that's what uh, Sweden was. Um, but he wanted to see this saint, and so Joseph Cupertino took him into the basilica, and they sat together holding hands, praying. And in the inspiration, Joseph began to rise, and so did the Swedish ambassador. They both started levitating. And the Swedish ambassador said afterwards, I went up a Protestant, and I came down a Catholic. (laughs) So they're all the ways. They're all valid. They all work. Just what lifts us up. But there's another way that I wanted to focus this talk today, something I've been thinking about a lot lately, because in the talk, On the one hand, Jesus is talking about many paths to God. You think in terms of religions. But then the Gita is a much broader quote. It talks about doing your own dharma, your own true right action, that action which helps you express the divine quality that is innate in you, that divine quality that is unique to you. And each one of us will have our own dharma. And especially in a place where there are so many wonderful people, it's easy to look around and go, well, that looks like, a, I think that's a better dharma than what I have. It's, mine's kind of humble and small, and that's pretty exciting, and maybe I'm supposed to be doing that. And yet the Gita says, no, you are unique, and you have your own way of expressing that. I remember... Um, Another, uh, this was again back in early days uh, when we were having classes with Swami Kriyananda up at the meditation retreat. And there were two questions asked to him, one right after the other, and he gave different answers to both people. It was the same question. And he had been teaching a class on the Hongsa technique, and one woman raised her hand and she said, Swamiji, I'm a devotional person. I, I feel much more like focusing on God through love and devotion, and instead of using a technique like the Hong Sa. And Swami said to her, you know, your devotion will be strengthened if you use a technique to help you focus your mind. Then another woman raised her hand immediately afterwards, and she said, Swami, when I sit to meditate, and I say the prayers to each of the masters, I feel so uplifted by the thought of the masters that I just want to sit in devotion for a while before I start my practice. And he said, yes, you should definitely go with that devotional feeling because he saw she was a totally different person. The first person needed that strength, the focus of the technique. 
The second person had it, and of course she was still using the technique, but she, she needed to just go with that devotional flow because that suited her. So each of us will have a way of expressing our service. It could be the exact same service. Our devotion, our family, how we live with other people, how we relate to other people, it will be unique to us. I have a friend in, um, in this work, a disciple of Master and Swami, who has a very different life than I do. She's, she works, but she also has a family, many, many um, responsibilities that take her outward. And so over the years, her sadhana has been a little on and off in terms of meditation, but she's very devoted, and she has a, a, a way of tuning into God that I find very, very inspiring, and that is that she, whenever she has a problem, she opens up a book of Yoganandas, and she puts her finger in the book. Now, you've all heard of people doing this, and usually when you do this, you get an answer like, you know, meditate more, or love God, very, you know, good, solid spiritual advice for all circumstances. But she gets answers that are practically in word, the dead-on answer to her exact problem. And she was telling me of a situation that happened to her at the memorial service for Swami Kriyananda, which she wanted to attend very much, but couldn't. And so then she really wanted to uh, see it on the internet, but then all the demands happened, the usual family kinds of things. And at the end of the day, she felt like, I am just not making it as a disciple. I just, I, I've created this life of chaos and I can't be in tune with my family. And so she opened up um, a book of masters and put her finger on this. There is no stereotyped way of promoting spiritual growth. There is no spiritual mill that can grind non-spiritual persons into self-realized souls by the turning of a motor. Everyone has to work, this is Master, I never even knew he said something like this, everyone has to work out his own salvation according to hints from his inner self after he has been started on the right road by standardized spiritual advice. Be reverent, be patient, be content, be self-controlled, meditate, etc., The crowd of tendencies that one is born with then needs slightly different handling in different people. Some inclinations need to be curbed, others tolerated, some fed sparingly, some starved out. (laughs) So even though we have the same basic principles that we all have to live, every single one of us is going to have a unique way of expressing it. Divine Mother, when I've been meditating on this, it's so mind-boggling. Every single person in this room has been given a unique life by the Divine Mother. We have, we believe here, millions of past lives that have brought us to this moment, an assemblage of characteristics, the things that will take us up, the things that will take us down, the things we feed, the things we starve. And we have to work with who we are. A friend of mine had um, her first baby uh, years and years ago. 
And after I saw her, after she'd been in this sort of change of life experience that she had for about a month, and she was laughing, and she said, you know, when you buy an electric blender, you get a 30-page manual of instructions. (laughs) You get warranties. (laughs) You have a human child, and there are no instructions, no guarantees. But then... I thought about it, think about it from the perspective of the human child, which we have all been. You're born into this world with nothing. And you have these people who, if you're lucky, are loving you and taking care of you. If you're really lucky, they're actually wisely guiding you. But no matter who they are, they can't tell you what your dharma is. Probably most people in this room have had to go against the guidance and the true and genuine well-wishing of loving parents in order to be here. We have to make choices on our own. A friend of mine was, this wasn't actually, this is not a friend, she was a guest who came to the Expanding Light, and she's a lawyer now. And she said that um, when she was a child, her mother was very, you know, You can be anything you want. From the time she was just a little girl, her mother would say, Honey, you can be anything you want. And she really was excited and charged up by that. And so when people would say to her, Well, dear, what do you want to be? She'd say, A dolphin. (laughs) (laughs) But she became a lawyer instead. (laughs) Oh, well. Um, so we're looking, we're looking for that way of expressing ourselves and seeing what are the things that have to be fed in us, what are the things, and we can't figure it out. And so when we're born and we have this nothing to go by, we try assembling the pieces of the material world and seeing if we can make them work for us, you know, the right friends, maybe the right activities, things to study, things to learn, job, family, and we just try to piece it together until we come to the place of saying, this is not where I'm going to find it. I'm going to only find it in, the, in looking inside myself, in seeing where is that expression of the truth inside of myself, the Dharma inside of myself. And we, we really, we don't know. And so we follow the that which takes us upward. But the challenge is sometimes it also takes us downward. And we don't know, am I going in the right direction or not? Um, A friend of ours was saying, we actually, this was several years ago, we were having dinner with them, and he was saying, you know, I've come to a point in my spiritual life, I feel so devoted to God and so close to God, and yet I can tell I can't break through. I can't get to the next level. And Days after that, he got a phone call from Swami Kriyananda asking him to take on a huge project involved leaving the village. It involved a tremendous amount of energy, a lot of outward things to do, which he had to do with his whole and entire being. And he really, I mean, it it was very, very challenging for him. And when he came back, he wasn't sure if he'd succeeded. And it brought up a lot of things. And yet... I feel like that was the only way. I feel like God was answering 
his prayer. What do you want me to do? Okay, if you want to break through, you're going to have to try it in a very much more different way than you've been doing it. So we don't know. In the 1980s, there was a movie that came out about Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Wonderful movie made by Richard Attenborough. And it really had interviewed her sister nuns and uh, showed her in different circumstances, interviewed her. And um, it really, and she talked a lot about feeding the poorest of the poor, and it was a very compelling and magnetic um, movie to encourage you to do exactly, to live exactly as she'd lived, to be, I mean, it was just a marvelous movie. And of course, um, everyone we knew went to see it because she's a saint. And after that movie, Swami said, you know, there's one line in that movie that um, I think most people will not notice. They'll just think of Mother Teresa. She's doing the most noble thing. She's feeding the poorest of the poor. But when they interviewed Mother Teresa and they said, why are you doing what you're doing? She said, Jesus asked me to do this. I am doing it because God asked me to do it. I'm not doing it because she personally had decided to, that feeding the poorest of the poor was the best, but because that was what God asked her. And you know what's beautiful about that? There's many beautiful things about that, but one beautiful thing is God could have asked her to be a TV evangelist, but he, and she would have done it. But he didn't, because that was not her nature. She was a very humble person, she was a very simple person, and she was very in tune with caring for people one-on-one like that. That fit her nature. But the other thing that was inspiring about it is as soon as she got that message to do it, she just plunged into it not knowing a single thing about anything. She basically just went to Calcutta and started picking people up off the street because she didn't, I don't know what else to do except what he told me to do, so I'll start doing that. And by doing that, she attracted places, people to help her, financing, all these sorts of things started to come her way. Because she followed to the best of her ability what she understood that God wanted her to do. That was Dharma. Swami said that many of us, many people, will pray to God, what do you want me to do? And it's a very, very good thing to pray because we want to be sincere in giving our lives to God. We, we want to be very, very clear. I'm not interested in the usual stuff, fame and fortune or whatever the usual stuff is. I am serious about God, whatever that means. I'm not even sure what that means, but I want to do this. And we will be guided from inside of ourselves. He said, what's interesting is that many people will pray, what should I do, God? Should I be a teacher? Should I be a fireman? What, what do you want me to do? And he said, you know, really, God doesn't care that much in most cases. Now, this isn't true for everyone, but in most cases, it doesn't matter that much if you're a teacher or a fireman. What God wants of you is, do you love me? Will you become still and commune with me? That's what he's trying to, that's what he wants from us. Some ways of doing that will be easier than others. And we want to continually ask him because, as I said, we can't tell which way is up. So 
all we can hope for is that we keep putting ourselves in his hands, it will work itself out. Um, There uh, was a a disciple of Lahiri Mahashaya who uh, lived in the master's ashrams for many, many years. And, of course, Lahiri's mission was to bring back the technique of Kriya Yoga. And this man lived in the ashram for years and years, and people were coming and going and getting the Kriya technique, and he was not given the Kriya technique. And finally, after many years, Lahiri gave him the Kriya technique, and he immediately went into samadhi. Now, that's an interesting story in and of itself. But what I found especially interesting was Swami's comment about it was, why did that happen? And he said, perhaps that man had in his previous life felt that he'd been being treated unfairly. Interesting. So now he had a situation in this life where he had the potential to fall into that delusion again. And by not falling into it, he proved that he had overcome it and that he was ready to be free. So we have these parts of ourselves. And I was thinking of the image of a, of a hot air balloon. You know, the hot air balloon, if you remember from around the world in 80 days, he's like pumping hot air into the balloon and the hot air is making the balloon rise. And then he's got these sandbags around the side and he's cutting them off and throwing them over the edge. So that is a really great description of what the spiritual path is. We do what we can do to lift, and we look at everything that holds us back, and we throw it over the edge so that we can rise. I'd like to close by sharing a story that happened to a woman It's specific to her, but it's not specific to her. The advice that Swami gave is for all of us. Um, She had a situation in her life uh, where she felt betrayed by a friend. And this woman's nature was very passionate and very... uh, So, I mean, she didn't just feel betrayed. She felt furious and revengeful and, you know, all the passions came up. And... She had time to sort that down for a while, and then she went into a depression. And basically, she was staying off by herself pretty much most of the time while this whole thing was playing itself out. The, you know, the the fury, the depression, what now, so on and so on. And finally, she came out and was sort of around a little bit, maybe a There was a little opening, and Swami saw her, and perhaps he could see that there was a little opening there. And he went over to her, and he put his arm around her consolingly, and he said to her, you are ready to change. This has come to you because you are ready to change. You have the love and support of your spiritual family. You have my love and support. Don't look to the left or to the right. Look only at your goal. That's the message for all of us. We have the support. Don't look to the left or the right. Just keep your mind on what is my goal. Swami 
gave a talk once on how to be a saint. And he said, you have to be so strong in your clarity about where you're going that if every single person in the world said, God is not real, it's all materialism, just, you know, what you're doing, you're insane, we're leaving you. You would have to say, I do what I'm doing. And this is what will move us forward. So let's just take a moment and meditate on this and just especially meditate on that love that God has for every person. And that love is inside of you. And that love is opening like a lotus within your own being. Let's just meditate on that for a few moments.